Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Chris Connolly. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Above all, we love bringing librarians and great books together. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hi, everyone. It's Lainey from the library team. And today we're back with an episode of Editors Unedited. We're going to give you a peek into an editor's list and see what is coming out and what's about to come out. So this week we welcome Sarah Nelson. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm I'm pretty well. And I hope all you you all are well. It's a weird time, yeah. but here we are. <laughs> it is indeed. Well, thank you so much for being here. Sarah Nelson is the vice president and an executive editor at Harper, and we're so happy to have her here. We uh, are really excited to hear about books you have coming up. And I know maybe you have some winter spring titles, but if there is anything coming out really soon that they need to know about, feel free to put that in there as well. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Okay. Well, I mean, the first thing, uh, I do have something coming out uh, later this month um, and that uh, is starting to get some attention, and I, I hope you guys know about it. Um, it's called The Right Sister. Uh, that's right, W-R-I-G-H-T, but it's a little bit of a pun. Um, and it is an epistolary novel, historical, uh, written in uh, through letters from Catherine Wright, to her brother Orville Wright, um, and uh, you know Orville and Wilbur Wright, you know invented the airplane and um, became famous and uh, went all over the world and you know were these revered scientists and aviators. Uh, and Catherine Wright, in real life, was their sister uh, who kind of took care of them. The mother was. Uh, had died. Uh, the Wright brothers were young when all this happened. I think they were in their 20s. And she became the kind of sort of mother figure and kind of led, they were not ter terrifically well socialized. Uh, so she went to Paris with them in celebrations. She helped them kind of in their, in their public life. And uh, the real Catherine Wright then, uh, she, she had not married. And then she married at age 52. Um, for the first and only time. And uh, she married a newspaper man who had been a friend of one of the brothers. But upon her marriage, she lost uh, contact with uh, Orville, who never really explained why. Now, this is, this is real life. So uh, what Patty Dan, the author, has done is imagine the letters that Catherine would be sending to her brothers trying to reinstate their relationship. And in the course of it, uh, relate things that happened between them, some of which are historical and some of which are imagined. So it's, it's a historical novel based on 
the, these real people and some main tentpole events like the you know the, the flight and uh, the the break in their relationship and the marriage. So Catherine Wright uh, was a woman way ahead of her time. She went to Oberlin College at a time when women didn't go to college. She uh, had a, got a degree. She was a librarian. I mean, she was a person, um, you know, a, a feminist. And she got married at the age of 52 for the first time having, you know, by the, in, in those days, it was as if, you know, when you're 52, you, you know, you're, you're, you were going to die. You weren't going to get married. And, um, and she writes quite frankly about, and this is imagined by the author, but based on some information, but she really sort of runs with it. Um, you know, the exploration of a, a woman in midlife or late life for those, for those days, um, discovering her sexuality. So it's really in, uh, knowing love for the first time. So it's a really beautiful, it's a, it's a short book. Uh, and as I said, it's epistolary, it's all letters. Um, and uh, the voice is very, very strong. We've had some really strong reactions to it. People are liking it very much. And I think the historical aspect is, I mean, I, I do think um, that when when a novel is based on uh, a piece of history that that you um, uh, it reaches a lot a lot of readers. I mean, people wouldn't necessarily read fiction, um, but since it has a historical you know biographical nonfiction base, uh, like the Tattoos of Auschwitz in some ways, uh, it it you know gets a gets a bigger audience. I'm hoping so for this book. I mean, it's a beautiful book, and Patty Dan. Uh, is you, you may remember um, there was a movie in the 90s, I think, called Mermaids with Cher about a mother and her daughters. And that was based on a book that was written by Patty Dan. So uh, she hasn't written a book in a while, um, but uh, she has a great command of women's lives. And it, it's really an extraordinary book. And it's, and it's very short and very accessible. So that's my big summer, rest of summer book. She actually, I just really quickly, I wanted to say she took over our Instagram, Patty did, uh, not too long ago. And I was so amazed. Like she had such fun photos and fun facts about um, going to research for the book. And she is just a, a lovely person all around. She came to a show conference with us and signed books and um, just, I've really enjoyed getting to know her. <laughs> right, right, right. And it, it was it was picked for Indie Next, uh, and it's a paperback original. So, and that's fairly unusual, I think. So, um, I have a lot of a lot of high hopes for it. Plus, she is such a lovely person, and I think maybe Catherine Wright maybe wasn't such a lovely person, but she was a very interesting person. I mean, she was a, she was tough, and she was um, unsparing and and direct. And women were not supposed to be that way. So, I love her for that. Um, so what else do I have? And have, I mean, I guess I tend to buy books that are, you know, strong women's voices. Um, I mean, the tattooist was a man, but there was such a strong woman character in there. And, and Heather Morris as the author is such a strong, uh, a strong voice as a writer. Something I have coming out in December is called Dancing in the Mosque, which is, um, a memoir by a woman who, uh, an Afghan woman who was educated and wanted to, and, and had a son. She was, she was a professor uh, at that time living in Tehran and um, her husband insisted that they move back to Taliban era Afghanistan. 
and she had to make the horrible choice of either doing that and allowing him to take a second wife, which was which is is and was the the norm there. She made the impossible decision to leave and to leave her, uh, I think it was about 18-month-old son uh, there. It was the only way the husband would let her go is if she left the son there. So the book is uh, partly a memoir of her life and uh, and partly a letter. It intersperses between a memoir of her life and her letters to her son uh, that this baby um uh, explaining why she had to leave. So it's very moving. I mean, there are scenes in it of, you know, unbelievable sort of cruelty and, and life under war. I mean, endless war in Afghanistan and, uh, the birth of her baby, you know, as the shells were going off and, you know, all around her and, um, and a mother's love for her son and wanting him to know her story and, and wanting him to know, that she loves him, even though she hasn't seen him in, um, at, at this point, it's about two years, I think. And, uh, it's, it's a very short book, but it's, it's intense. Uh, so, and that's coming out in early December. It's, you know, it, it, it's inspiring in a certain way. I mean, you think, you know, you think we have hard choices in our lives. I mean, this is, you know, sort of the ultimate choice. And, um, Homerica Derry, the author is a, uh, very she's a wonderful writer she's she's a just a beautiful thinker um very strong woman um you know got degrees uh came to this country to study writing uh and and is is um a very smart and powerful personality um who is trying and she's still she's in the middle of trying still to get custody of her child and get him back seal wash so um, I think that that's um, I think that that's a book that I, I think a lot of people will want to look at, and a lot of uh, women in particular, as it explores the notion of motherhood and difficult motherhood. Um, so that's that's in December, um, and uh, in the winter, January. I think it's January and February. I have. Uh, two books also about women and, and their, and their, uh, women's memoirs. Um, one is called The, the Officer's Daughter by a, a black woman who is now a TV writer, but she grew up with, uh, in outside of New York City with a father who was a, uh, a parole officer and her, uh, uncle was a cop, a detective. And she uh, she was very close to her best her best friend was her cousin, who at age sixteen was murdered in the Bronx in a murder in a robbery gone wrong, uh, and so this is the story of her being asked the author being asked thirty years later uh, to write a letter in parole for the the kid who was a kid shot her cousin in this robbery, and so she had to go back through the the case um she wanted to find out in herself if she could forgive him um and what evolved in the course of her investigating her relationship with her cousin and her family was that there was a lot of violence in her own family um that uh didn't result in the murder of anybody but that was uh that there was a that there was a pattern of violence and a history of violence uh 
you know, in her in her life that she needed to examine. And it's it's so it's a beautiful portrait of her relationship with her parents, her father in particular, and her relationship with her cousin and this case. Uh, and um you know, it's particularly, I, mean, I spoke to her recently um, during during all the demonstrations, and, and I mean, she has an unusual perspective um, because she is a black woman whose, you know, entire family, I mean, she's going to have a family of, of cops and uh, police and, and detectives and uh, parole officers. So um, the whole notion of violence and police, I mean, it's just very central to her uh, story. And so she's an incredibly well-spoken. Um, uh, um, she's a writer and she's, you know, she's a TV writer. So she has, has it's interesting because, and this is, some of this is in the book. She, uh, she writes about police and she writes about and she wrote she she wrote for law and order for a long time she's currently writing for bosch um so she writes crime dramas um and she's the daughter of a cop and you know family of cops uh and so it's sort of it's an interesting combination plus she writes really really well about crime because you know she spent a lot of time thinking about it and hearing about it uh so um, there's that. That's the officer's daughter. The author's name is L. Johnson, E-L-L-E. And um, the other book um, that I also love um, is by Justine Thompson, and it's called The Secret Life of Dorothy Soames. And this is a memoir. It's both a memoir and a biography of a famous institution. It is the story of a young woman growing up with a very, very, very difficult mother in Northern California. The mother uh, is given to fits of violence. Is kind of can be mean, can also be lovely, but is a is a complicated person uh, from whom um, Justine sort of wanted to escape and and did sort of leave and and when she went to college and kind of. It was estranged from her mother for a long time. Uh, and in the course of uh, later life, as her mother was um, was getting sick and eventually died, uh, Justine came to find out some things about her mother's life, which is that her mother was not who she had said she was. Her mother had portrayed herself as a, uh, a well-born British woman who had uh, you know, it was very sort of fancy and had all kinds of uh, expectations of, you know, behavior and life that, that rubbed against, you know, the very sort of American, you know, uh, Justine, who was a much more sort of casual kid. And uh, but her mother always talked about, you know, the, her her previous life and, you know, her fancy life in England and so on. And it was all baloney. Um, the mother had actually been. Um, uh given she wasn't a, technically an orphan but her mother uh who had had her illegitimately put her in the foundling hospital in london which is the famous foundling hospital dickens and coram and hogarth uh and spent the she spent the first six or eight years of her life or the from age two to age ten or something uh in the foundling hospital um you know being trained to be a maid uh, and in those days, this is during World War II, um, the Foundling Hospital was not known for its 
kindness to people. And uh, so it was a kind of an abusive situation. And her mother managed to get out of there and marry this American right after the war. Uh, so she was saved from the fate of most families who were sent off to be, you know, chambermaids. This book is a, a combination of a memoir uh, of a mother-daughter relationship, a complicated mother-daughter relationship, and a sort of biography of the Foundling Hospital. And it's, uh, you know, back and forth between the past and the present and, you know, the discoveries. I mean, I, I'm not giving anything away. I mean, it is it is from the beginning. She uh, finds this out about her mother. But what's interesting, I think, is that uh, Justine starts out with a very openly problematic relationship with this woman. I mean, she doesn't like her. She's they There's some trouble between them and she's not particularly compassionate to her mother who she thinks is just you know sort of mean and hard on her and so on and as she discovers more and more about the childhood she realizes you know the, her mother is very weird about food for example well you know in the foundling hospital if you you know you know only have so much to eat and they took it away from you if you didn't eat it in the right amount of time and so on so that you know there are various um ways in which her mother was treated that she comes to understand might have colored why she was a little distant or why she was a little crazy or why she was a little weird about food or why she was uncomfortable with physical demonstrations of affection. You know, all of these things that she sort of comes to understand and that you can feel the compassion for the mother growing uh, in the book. So I, I, I think it's really an extraordinary book and I'm really, really proud of it. Um, another book I have coming this winter, I believe in January, uh, is Land, that's L-A-N-D, by Simon Winchester. You all know Simon. Um, I love Simon. I just love Simon to death. I mean, Simon came to me and said he wanted to do a book about land. And I said, yeah, okay, what about what about it? And she said, well, you know, it's it's the underpinning of everything, and everybody wants to own it, and, you know, people fight over it. I mean, it's the one thing that, you know, is sort of universally, um, uh, you know, fought over, uh, worried over, um, you know, wars are fought over it, people fight over it, uh, the, the barriers of it are, everybody has, everybody wants their patch of it. So I said, okay, I, you know, I don't really get it, but okay. And he wrote this book that is extraordinary. It goes all over the world, as Simon does, and talks about um, partitioning of land and what was really going on in the uh, Indian partition. And then he's in Australia talking about the forced burning of land. And then he's in in Scotland talking about the, the largest landowner in the world in Scotland. And, um, and then he's talking about Ted Turner and his bison in Montana. And it all makes sense. I mean, it, it all flows together. Uh, it's all the aspects of land. And what we have settled on as a subtitle is how the desire for ownership has shaped the modern world. And I think that that's the sort of underpinning of it um, and how people's feelings about land and desire for land and, and um, from from Native Americans to Scottish lords uh, has has shaped the world, and I think it's um, it's it's a long Simon Winchesterian book, um, and I think his fans are gonna love it. I mean, it's hugely accessible. Um, when I work with Simon, I'm always 
stressing to him and he's always game to comply to bring the people forward. There's a lot of science in it, but it's not off-putting because he tells the stories, you know, of the geology or the underpinning of the, the science of land. Uh, I mean, he, Simon is one of the great storytellers, I think, um, and he gets into the minds uh, and lives of people from, uh, from all parts of the world. Uh, he's trained as a geologist. I don't know if you all knew that. Uh, so he has um, you know, he has a real understanding of the science of the earth and, um, but he's also traveled everywhere, as you know, and, um, has friends all over the world and has, has traveled a ton for this book and also done a lot of research. So it's, it's an extraordinary sort of panorama of, of land. And I mean, it will be like nothing you've ever read except that you will recognize the Simon Winchester in it. And so that's uh, that's the follow up to you know his last book, The Perfectionists, which uh, which I came into um, when I first got to Harper, and um, you know I was again, I mean as I always am by Simon's books, I mean in the in, in, in you tell me the subject matter and I think well okay, but then when I start to read it, I I think this is the most extraordinary thing. So land seems very. Uh overwhelming if I were going to sit down and try to research the origins of land and what it means to us. But I think if anybody can really just put a great perspective on something that maybe not many people think about it, Simon, he is, he came to a conference and he's he's very nice. Um, those, those are great. Thank you so much for giving us a rundown of what's to come and what's about to come out. And, um, I guess my only one question is, I know you said that strong female voices are really important. Is there maybe a genre or a a theme that you haven't explored much and you're kind of looking to explore more within that? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, memoir, I really love a great memoir. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people, a lot of readers do. Um, um, I, I'm interested in doing more memoir. I'm interested in true crime. I'm interested in uh, um, first-person voices. I mean, I would say, I mean, these books are all pretty representative, um, except for Simon, <laughs> um, of, you know, I, I, an interesting story by a woman who, you know, is, is going to look at something a little bit differently from the standard. I think that Elle does that. I think Justine does that. Uh, I certainly think that Patty Dan has done that in, um, in the right sister. And, you know, Homera's experience is so different from anything that I, I mean, I, I, some of the things that I read in that book and um, I, I, you know, I, I thought I knew about women's lives in Afghanistan, but um, I didn't know the half of it, and um, so it, it was really eye-opening. So you know, I want to I want to learn something new, but I also don't want to be taught to, if you know what I mean. I like to sort of feel it's more organic. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, um, great list coming up. I'm very excited, and uh, thank you again. And be sure to find a link to all of these books. So you can get them on your to-be-read list. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. All right. Thank you, Lenny. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com.
Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.